Hi, I'm Tim Brown. Hi, I'm Sherry Brown. And we are here for another podcast for Trending Matters. Trending Matters is the blog and website and podcast that looks at topics that are trending on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, other social media channels, and tries to scratch just a little bit deeper and examine the causes that really matter. So this week we had a number of posts on our Facebook page, which you can check out by opening your Facebook app and typing in Trending Matters, T-R-E-N-D-I-N-G-M-A-T-T-E-R-S-1, the number one, and you'll see our posts for this week. Which one caught your eye? Um, well, they're all kind of interesting in different ways. Uh, I guess the, maybe we could talk about the uh, robot that figures out uh, fashion trends. Yeah, so uh, machine learning, uh, artificial intelligence, which is a topic that trends a lot, really interesting to me when you think of what's uh, happening in terms of um, artificial intelligence and what robots can do, uh, in this case, connecting the dots to fashion, which is obviously also a very uh, trendy topic. And um, so the idea here is that um, a form of machine learning or artificial intelligence, IBM's Watson, right. which many people are familiar with through its uh, participation and success on Jeopardy, as well as a number of TV commercials, um, analyzed fashion trends and kind of predicted what things would show up on the runways of big fashion shows. And I thought it was really interesting because obviously there's a lot of interest by designers to figure out what's trendy, what's going to be mm -hmm. hot. And the fact that essentially it could be done by algorithms was was kind of interesting to me or could be improved. I'm not sure it can be done. You're never going to take the creative element out of it. Right. But uh, it could be improved. The one thing that caught my eye was all the colors that it predicted mm -hmm. would be popular. By the way, a color I never, ever, ever heard of before, Deep Kumura. Mm. Uh, no idea. No, no guess. No uh, guess. Uh, it's a form of blue, mm. kind of a deep blue color. And apparently it's very popular these days with weddings, ah. as you might, might imagine with all well, things. there blue. you go. But uh, other colors that were popular, I add for the record, raisin black. Oh, wow. And uh, pastel brown, whatever that is. I'm not, I don't, yeah. It's very interesting. I think fashion is so individualized. Um, and I think... Uh, I think the designers themselves try very hard to come up with like new and different things. So this is an interesting use of this uh, technology. I'm not sure it's helpful, but it's an interesting use. It is interesting. So another interesting and important thing that happened this week was snow day. Snow day and pie and pie day. Yes. So both coming on the same day, which is uh, all kinds of awesome. I kind of wish uh, pie day would have been more by itself, though, because I, I like pie day very much. So uh, the fact that uh, Stella overtook it with it, their their tweets and whatnot, uh, is a little bit, uh, pie should always get their own day. Here, here. So uh, March 14th, uh, 314, uh, relating to the first uh, three digits of pi, 3-3.14, uh, pi being the, um, the, the ratio of a circle's circumference to its diameter, and uh, which is uh, kind of cool that it's essentially a, a number that uh, repeats infinitely. Uh, which gets a lot of uh, attention from fans of math and um, just people who are intrigued by that kind of stuff. So like you say, it would have probably had its 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 day in the sun on 314 if it wasn't overwhelmed by uh, Stella, although there is a cool picture 
in our post of somebody who made uh, the symbol pie a snowman. Out of snow. Of yes, yes, yes. Instead cool. of the regular snowman, it was yeah. a pie symbol, which that was very, uh, that was very cool. Yeah. Are, are you ready for the March Madness? I could not be less interested. Um, <laughs> this baffles me every year because I don't, I don't know if I'm unusual or if I'm just uh, inept at being, at having the appreciation that's required for sports. But this seems like a lot of hullabaloo um, for uh, what amounts to just a lot of basketball games in a short amount of time. So I don't think I'm the person to ask about this because I don't know anything about these bracketing things and all this jazz. However, it does seem to be like a spring phenomenon that seems to kind of unite offices and uh, um, unites them to the point of distraction, basically. So so I think I, I see a lot of people watching these things on their phones and computers and all this jazz. So it's really, really interesting. I think there is, I think it does unite people and I'm interested in that, but the whole concept I, I believe might be lost on me. Well, you, you got it, actually. The the idea that it's a lot of basketball, first of all. I think, actually, the best part of March Madness is already behind us. The kind of little schools that fight their way through their tournaments and get into the tournament at all by winning their conference championships mm -hmm. tends to produce a lot of emotion, a lot of raw emotion. The other thing that produces a lot of emotion in the tournament are the upsets. Mm -hmm. And this post is on how you can kind of predict upsets by the numbers. And it goes through some of the things that, and it's kind of common sense that the the teams that are ranked closer together are more likely to produce upsets. So a number 16 team has never beaten a number one team, but number 12 teams beat number five teams all the time. So um, it's uh, uh, the 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 sort of arithmetic behind it is 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 what you would guess. But the stories, you know, guessing which number 12 team and which teams are going to pull off these upsets is kind of the science of bracketology as they call it if you want to win this oh my pool God, even a you, word you, for you, it. you wow. have to you have to uh, you have to kind of figure out who the upsets are because if you just pick like all of the favorites you'll do reasonably well but your chances of winning are are, are pretty limited because someone will figure out who the upsets are so it's kind of fun it's uh, i've seen all kind of systems for doing this from colors to uh you know uh your favorite cities to you name it people all the time win uh, these things, these pools that know basically nothing about basketball. So it's uh, it's another thing that makes it uh, easy for people to have a rooting interest. Well, there you go. Well, now I understand. So I like this Spotify director. Uh, this is an interesting article about taking her, uh, essentially using her job, kind of making her own job uh, be a more purposeful uh, use of Spotify's uh kind of core values of basically music should be available to everyone and whatnot. And so go actually going out into some of their communities and kind of using their uh, clout, if you will, to uh, make a real difference. And uh, I think this just is an interesting, this is like a whole different level of what your job is. This is like a different job title and a different focus for a person. Like uh, she's, uh, she's very innovative to do this with the background that she has and I, I just think it's a uh, it's about a person seeing a need and, and you know, being creative and how to fill it. Yeah. And being conscious of social good and the power of Absolutely. online communities to do social good. So good for Spotify. Good for her. Good for Absolutely. this person that they're uh, conscious in this way. 
and tried to use the power of their platform to do something positive in society. I mean, I think if it w- it's just a, it's just an amazing thing. Like this is her job; she gets paid for it, and she's been being paid by Spotify for for quite a for quite a while. And other great uh, you know social media platforms. I think she's worked for Google and whatnot else. Um, but I think this is an interesting idea. Like if the average person thought about their job and thought about one thing that they could do, you know, kind of within their job to kind of reach out into their community. My gosh, what a difference that would make. Here, here. And uh, she's participating in something called South by Southwest, which is a big giant festival that's taking place uh, this week and um, uh, parts of next week uh, to kind of draw attention to, you name it. Uh, it's, a, it's a sort of intellectual uh, gab fest uh, in Austin, Texas, that's taking place. And, and uh, also uh, the kind of uh, place where our last post uh, comes from, which is uh, a post on wearables. Oh my goodness and, gracious. And um, I thought this was interesting just because it-, it I think it, it's interesting. It's way out there though. It is. It, it is way out there, but it shows young people again, thinking of what they're doing, thinking yeah. of their job in a way to do something that's both um, marketable and important at the same time. So do you think you're going to get a pair of pants that has a monitor on to check about asteroid activity? Absolutely not. That's bizarre. But there are things on there about uh, clothes for cancer survivors, women who survive breast cancer and stuff like that, that I think are absolutely great. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's a great, um, I think it's a great idea and a great use of of technology and anything that gets young people, young entrepreneurs um, interested in uh, the better, the common good is, uh, is a great thing. So there you have it. Give us your comments as always. So send them to our email at uh, trendingmatters at gmail.com. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.